Welcome back. I'm Ambreen Khan, and if you're just joining, this is Inspired, a production of Interfaith Voices. Congregations have changed over the last 25 years. Those shifts are the focus of a new book by national religion reporter Bob Smintana. Reorganized Religion, the Reshaping of the American Church and Why It Matters. In the opening pages, he lays out the data to illustrate some of the changes he's witnessed on the Godbeat. So when I started covering religion in 1999, the average congregation in the United States had 137 people. According to his research, that number, 137, is sustainable. It brings in enough resources to support full-time staff and a variety of programs. Today, the average congregation is much smaller. In the last 20 years, that's dropped to 65 people. This is a big contrast from the 1970s and 80s when attending church was the norm across generations. Close to 90% of Americans affiliating with a religion. Things began to change in the 1990s with Generation X, but that alone doesn't explain it. Santana points to other changes, namely less trust in institutions and authority figures. You have this kind of loss of faith in institutions in general. Then you have kind of the failings of religious institutions that have done harm or religious leaders that have been abusive. And then you have the polarization where people have um, sorted themselves into kind of like-minded tribes with, with people who look like them and vote like them and live in the same places. So you see the macro trend, but you also see it playing out at a congregational level. He's talking about the civic role congregations and faith-based groups often play in supporting and meeting critical social and community needs. I really got motivated to start writing the book after covering a, a disaster. It was a hurricane and realized that all the people I see doing disaster relief are older religious people. There are younger volunteers, but it's mostly older folks. And thinking, when they all die off, who's going to replace them? Bob followed this story in a series funded by the Pulitzer Center. What he found? The declining numbers in our congregations means a decline in the number of volunteers providing those critical social services in communities, especially in times of need. It's not that other groups can't do that, but it's that they're not organized to do that. So one thing about congregational life is it it gives you a community, but it also brings people together on a regular basis, inspires them with religious teaching that says, part of this is to become a better person, part of your job is to make the world a better place, then you send people out to make the world a better place, and or at least make it less awful. And he believes the ongoing shrinking of congregational life is likely to impact social cohesion and the way communities respond in crisis. So in Florida right now, after Hurricane Ian, there are thousands and thousands of faith-based volunteers there. A couple things that are important to note about that. One is that they're all prepared, right? These are folks who have done a lot of training, what to do in a dangerous situation, how to uh, clear trees how to clean out houses, how to be safe in those kind of environments, how to help people whose lives have been destroyed sort of start to pick up the pieces. Uh, They also have equipment. They also have, uh, so they also cook meals, right? So tens and thousands and thousands of meals for people uh, whose homes have been destroyed, right? You're going to need food. You're going to need water. You're going to need cooking equipment, large-scale cooking equipment. So they're already, when the hurricane's coming, these faith-based groups are, uh, in collaboration with state and federal officials, they've already got 
supply trucks loaded and ready. And there's a lot of intentionality that goes into that. And they're ready to send people to help their neighbors long before their neighbors need help. We think a lot about belief. We don't think about belonging. But it's really the kind of rituals and action that people take and the foresight that goes to this. What will happen to that infrastructure with a changing landscape? Santana borrows a metaphor from one of his favorite novelists, John Skull. John Skull has a quote about old age, that the problem with old age is that it's not one thing after another. It's everything all at the same time falls apart. And that strikes me as kind of exactly what's happening in American religion, is that everything is changing all at once, all at the same time. So if you're a clergy person, 20 years ago, you could get a job at the average church. It would be 130, 140 people. Well, that's a sustainable job. It's not that way anymore. It's half as many people. And the people in your congregation are less tied to each other. And they're more polarized. So we have, we have this internal pressure of the congregation kind of crumbling and shrinking and being less sustainable. The external pressure from outside coming down on it. And that's kind of a uh, very difficult combination for both clergy people and for people in the pews. He also writes about another challenge facing churches, their decision-making process. They have organized themselves in a way that is very top-down. So you have religious leaders who've been told their whole lives, you are responsible for everything. You're the person who has to make the decisions. And we have moved away from congregational governments where you'd have meetings, and people would talk together and resolve differences, all those kind of democratic uh, social skills that people learn in a congregation, a lot of those are being lost. The other challenges facing religious leaders is coming into a world where their expertise, their training, authority, just not as respected or trusted the way it was 20 years ago. All of a sudden, the culture says to them, that position doesn't mean anything. Your authority can't come from the top down. That's a big blow to think that, oh, I have this, I have this, I spent all this time building towards a role, and then to sort of be told you're not needed or not wanted, or that what people used to grant to you as trust isn't there anymore. So then you have to flip to how do I persuade and connect with people because they're not going to follow me if I say this is the way to go. Simtana references the work of Josh Packard, a religion sociologist who calls this the Hamlet problem. The Hamlet problem is this congregations and faith leaders, sometimes they think they're the star of the drama. So everything's revolving around them, right? So the decisions they make um, determine how everything turns out. And really what's happening is they are a bit player in a much bigger drama that's going around them, and they have to adapt to it. And so that's, that can be freeing in some way to say, oh, I'm not responsible for everything. I have to adapt to all these changes. But it's also much harder because you have to change your role completely and your perspective. If you look at the ecosystem around you, so if you're, if you are, the congregation sometimes thinks they're the kind of what's happening in their congregation is only because of what they did, right? If the congregation is shrinking, it's because the pastor's sermons were boring or they have the wrong music or they don't welcome people, they don't have the right programs. Instead of thinking, no, this, this whole environment around us has changed and we have to adapt to this. Throughout his books, Montana offers case studies of leaders who successfully navigate the changes. One key skill observed, the ability to build strong relationships. The community does not happen organically. Community doesn't happen by accident. It has to be intentional. 
Someone has to build it. And we've lost in our culture a lot of community building skills and all kinds of social uh, community building structures in our society have sort of died off. And so, um, one, you've got to convince people. And that's much different, right, than, than leading from the top down. The need to build community, persuade, and market to new members underscores that the culture has shifted. It is no longer a time when attending church is the norm. So for a lot of congregations, they were, they were built in a time when being part of a congregation was important. Their job was really to set things up so that they expected the people to show up. And what they wanted is when new people to show up to, to convince them why this was the right place for them. Say, this is the right church for you. Now you have to go out and say, like, no one is going to come here. We will have to think about why we can convince people that perhaps being involved in a faith community is important because they think it has nothing to do with their lives. That's a whole different environment. And then when new people come in, often they're from different backgrounds, different ideas, and they're going to say, we have to change things. That's very difficult for people. Religion in America, it can be like a consumer good in that people go to their congregation to get what they need spiritually. And the congregation says, you can be part of us if you follow all our rules. But it goes the other way. People come and they say, I only want what I want out of this. And if you give me what I want, I'll stay. He points to how some congregational leaders are navigating the change and making difficult decisions, but underscores that it is going to require a lot of learning, listening, and adapting. There's going to be a lot of innovation. And because the way things used to be isn't going to work anymore. Because the world that in these institutions were built for and congregations were built for doesn't exist. And if you say, I'm going to wait till you show up and people don't show up, then congregations will just end up closing. And then, then we'll all be less off. Towards the end of the book, Montana cites examples that he describes as hopeful. In some instances, he says, it's about thinking differently about how to create value and contribute to community. I just talked to a congregation down in St. Louis that sold their building. They're trying to reinvent their church. And while they sold their building, they invested in a coffee house that has as a, serves as a third place for the community. Lots of people come there. It does a great community service. It's not religious at all but they wanted to create something of value for their, their community while they decided what they were going to do. So there's all these possibilities if people say, I'm going to try these things and step into the unknown. Bob Santana is a national religion reporter with the Religion News Service. His book, Reorganized Religion, The Reshaping of the American Church and Why It Matters, was released on August 25th, 2022. Coming up, my conversation with Victoria Lures. She's a spiritual director and co-founder of the Wild Church Network and Seminary of the Wild. She details her journey in a book, Church of the Wild, How Nature Invites Us into the Sacred. You're listening to Inspired, a production of Interfaith Voices. Stay with us. Mm-hmm.